This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Mistake that I missed it. So, expect more favor this month, this person, for God making sure that we read your testimony today. It's eight years of peace in our marriage. Somebody jam those beautiful hands together for Jesus and praise the Lord. Sure, some of you can start guessing who that is. See, my wife and I are here today to celebrate, jubilate, and express our heartfelt thanks to our God and our keeper. He said, the 28th of April, 2020, made it eight glorious years of marital bliss, of peace in our home, expansion and increase in our businesses and careers open doors and tangible miracles. We do not take this for granted because not everyone that got married the same year as us are still together. Some have separated, divorced, died, etc. But we are still here and waxing stronger. Hallelujah. It is only God that has done it. Is, um, yes, and his grace that has kept us thus far and will continue to keep us for the next 42 years. I'll come back to that later. That is why we have come to return all the praise, glory, and honor, and thanks to our God and your God. Father, receive our praise and thanks. We are grateful. Hallelujah. For this couple, I don't know why they chose next 42 years. Unless they are 60, that's what it will make sense. So if you are not 60, whatever your age is, add it to that and add it to 42. Amen? And so shall it be in Jesus. And that's from Solomon and Florence Iguayaka. Somebody shout hallelujah. Congratulations. Brother Solomon, congratulations, Sister Florence. Indeed, greater years of peace and joy and total fulfillment ahead of you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Okay. Right. Um, as I mentioned to you, um, this is definitely a month of favor. And, uh, but the Lord gave me a passage to read yesterday, and then out of that, we will share one or two things. So, Lord, we trust you to bless your word and to touch our hearts today in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 14, fairly long passage, and I read verses 22 through to verse 32. Please listen as I read Matthew 14. I start reading from verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. 
But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw, that is Peter, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, say, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Hallelujah. Ah, what a story. It's laid in my heart to pray for anyone that is afraid here right now. Wherever you are, you are going through some waves of fear. Fear of the current contagion that is going around. Fear of death. Fear of complete disaster in your life. I stand in the name that's above all names and I speak the word of God over you. Receive the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of a sound mind. Fear shall fear you and fear shall be very far away from you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's somebody also there, you are having pain on the right side of your head, specifically around your right eye. The Lord is sending a word of healing and life to you right now. Receive the touch of the Lord and be made whole now in the name of Jesus. Be made whole in the name of the Lord. And let Jehovah be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. <sighs> Hope we'll be able to do justice to this because of our time. So many things there. But one thing I noticed, if you look very carefully at verses 24 and 25, he said, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, and I will add, when the storm was still raging, when the water was still being tossed here and there, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. <laughs> Oh, actually, when I saw that, I said, Lord, it seems that you seem to like riding the waves. It seems there's something about you and waves and storms that, because also in Mark chapter 5, chapter 4, I think, beginning from verse 35 to verse 41, it was the same you that you were in a boat, and the boat was being tossed here and there by waves, and you were sleeping. There's something about waves and storms that doesn't bother you. I said, what about it, my Lord? That time, you were sleeping. And they were thinking that, oh, you know, it's because he was asleep. Maybe he was too tired. And he was so tired that he didn't even know that they were about to be capsized. And this time, he decided to prove unto them, no, not because I was sleeping. It's because I know how to ride the waves. And so this time, I ride fully awake. He stepped on the waters. And as the waters were tossing here and there, he kept walking. If you think the other one was a fluke, you would know today that I... I ride the waves. I ride the storm. And I can't be stopped by whatever is happening around me. I'm Lord over them. And the same spirit I'm teaching you, you can have disciples. Trust Brother Peter. He gets it quickly. And so he knew that this is not theory. The master is teaching us alone. Let me try the practical. I love men like that. In spite of the fact he failed. You know, Jesus used men to teach them theory. 
Knowing that when the time comes, they will know the food. But now I say, oh, before you go, let me try it. That I can actually dominate and ride whatever storm I'm going through. And I will not say. So the man stepped out. Oh, yesterday I was pondering. You know, sometimes, thank God for this lockdown. I don't have to go out much. I know meetings pulling me out. Once I do my 10 o'clock prayers, I try and do some other things. And I was pondering. I said, Lord, when I get to heaven, I want to see Peter. I said, David's another one I would like to see. And Joseph, when my list was increasing, something said unto my heart, when you get to heaven, you won't want to see any of them. It's only Jesus we want to see. And I've always thought that, Lord, when I see you, I will grab your feet and I weep. Sometimes even as I think about it, how did you bother about me? And I will hold him and hold him. A story for another day. But these were great men that God has released to teach us many things. And this issue of riding the storm did not only end there for the Lord. In John chapter 11, he rode another storm, not a physical one. His best friend, humanly speaking, as it were, because the Bible says he loved that family, or the best family he loved. The suddenly, the man, Lazarus, suddenly fell. You know the story? And rather than go there, he said, I will ride the storm. Let it get worse. Let it become 170-foot wave. That is when I will go. And he told them, he said, in the midst of that, God will be glorified. Of course, God was glorified. Another time, there was another man that was ill. In John chapter 9, the Bible said, everybody was asking, why, why, why? Why, why, why? Jesus said, forget about the why. The purpose is that let's all ride this storm and let's get something. You know what? In this particular situation that we are in, brethren, you will ride the waves and we shall not sink. We shall not sink. It might be a personal wave you are riding. It might be a corporate wave we are riding together. The master has set the example for us. The purpose is that get on that wave. Ride it. And you will reach dry land in the name of Jesus. It's what he has promised us. There are three things we have to deal with in every storm when we are riding it. Or well, you don't even ride it. Whatever it is. You need everybody to have to deal with these three things. They either deal with it well or they don't deal with it well. Number one, you deal with the sound of the storm. Sound. Storms are loud and very threatening. Storms are loud and very threatening. And that is usually what you have to contend with first. It is the sound of the storm. Even before you look out, you have been in your house before, around autumn sign, you know, time when we're changing between summer and the cooler months. And, you know, you, you, you are right in the middle of the night. You have those thunderstorms around here, remember? And you have not seen the storm yet, but you hear the rumbling of the air. You could hear even your window still moving. I live in a house in which, and a part of town when I was growing up, which was very susceptible to storms. And I usually fear them a lot because the sound of it can be very threatening. Brethren, there are so much of sound of storms around us at this time as well. The news are bringing a lot of sound of storms. How many of you, I dare, have seen a single case of COVID virus, but you all have heard of the sound of it, have you not? We all have heard of this. How many have seen any person, even on a ventilator or whatever, but you have heard the sound of it? The sound of a storm goes. How many have seen serious economic trouble that they have heard stories about, they have read about? The sound goes first. But the truth of the matter is that no matter how loud the storm, your own voice must be louder. That's the way to deal with storm. There's a way you can speak louder. And David knew that. He knew that. He knew that the voice of fear must be drowned by the voice of faith. 
It's all about sound, folks. It's all about sound. And that's why propaganda is a major tool in, in every warfare. Right from ancient times, propaganda. Zenacherib used that propaganda against the children of Israel. He went onto the rooftop and sent his soldier there, or his, um, his emissary there, and he said, let the old people know. And so the, the, the servants of Ezekiah were said, please speak gently. He said, you are not serious. I'm not speaking gently. I, oh, I need to discourage them. They need to hear it. It's not change. The same thing happened in the time of David the king, a little bit time back. In which, you remember when he went to meet Goliath, and that's a good one I want us to read in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41, and read to verse 47. I would like us to read that one and see how to raise your voice of faith to drown the voice of fear. You will not fear. I will not fear. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. Verse 42, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy, and good-looking. Too handsome to be a soldier. In verse 43, So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you came to me with sticks? And the Philistine cast David by his gods. Wow. They have not thrown the first javelin. They've not fired the first arrow. They've not brought out the sword at all. They've not wielded anything. The battle of wars have started. Verse 43, verse 44. Learn how to deal with that now. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. What, 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 what? Then David said to the Philistine, Trust David, well trained by the Holy Spirit. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46, these days, somebody says these days, the Lord will deliver you into my, oh, I love David, into my hand. This day, the Lord will deliver every affliction and rumbling situation in our lives into our hand. This day, this day of favor, of thanksgiving, he will deliver. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine. The man went beyond them. He said, all your people. David, the man has good mouth. Man, I mean, how was he going? You've not even killed Goliath. Man, that is the way to deal with the devil. You must have sufficiently big mouth based on the word of God. Can I hear your amen unto that one? You need to. Young man David, how are you going to do it? Carcasses of the camp of the Philistines. How many of them are you going to kill on your own? You know your own side. They were shaking like, 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 like jelly. You knew you were totally discouraged, but something rose within him. He said, and the white beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is God in Israel. Verse 47, for completion, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not say with a sword and spear. The Lord does not deliver just by all the things, physical things we see. Thank God for them. After all, the man still used spear. He still used sword. He still used, he still used um, sword later. But he knew that deliverance was not in the sword. The deliverance that we need this time like this is not in all the good physical things we are putting in place. And they are good. But the deliverance is in the Lord. Deliverance is in the Lord. He knew that. And he will give you into our hands. Hallelujah. 
The apostles, they also knew how to sound very well. Because they also had a sound in Acts chapter 4 verse 18. Acts chapter 4 verse 18. They also had a sound and they dealt with the sound they had very well. Acts 4 verse 18 to 21. It's be good to have a quick read at that as well. So that we see. So they, that is the group of elders and St. Henry, they called them and commanded them not to speak at all. Not teach in the name of Jesus. Come on. <laughs> you see, the Bible are written is so likely like that. But you can imagine the fingers that were waging in those days. You can imagine the soldiers standing around there to prove unto them that if you ever preach again, if at, at all, they didn't say don't preach in this section of time. They said if you ever, serious sound was coming out of them to threaten them, to make them to be discouraged. But Peter and John answered in verse 19 and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. Now in verse 23, they went a step further. They made a little bit, and that's now the second part of how to sound. You sound to the hearing of men. That's another sound you need to make. Listen to verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own companies and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And in verse 24, it says, in verse 24, it says, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. They are making the right sound now. I made heaven and earth. What did he say? Let's, let's see the beginning of verse 24 again. So when they heard that, they did what? Raised what? Their voice to God. Their sound was higher. Even though on the terrestrial level, they spoke in some sound not hard enough, but that's the second part of where your sound must be loud as well. He made heaven and earth and the seed and all that is in them. And they continue praying unto God until they reach verse 28, where the place shook by the virtue of their prayer. Brethren, in times like this, we must make sound. And your sound must drown the sound of the storm, no matter how loud the storm is. And the Lord Jesus Christ told us, completely and affirmatively in Mark chapter 11, 22 and 23. Mark 11, 22 and 23. How to deal with this issue of speaking. Mark 11, 22 and 23. He spoke to them about that as well. He said, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, verse 24, 23. Okay, for I surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And verse 20, for therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Amen. Okay. I let go of that a little bit, much more to say, but let me conclude on that issue of how to deal with the sound of the storm. Remember, we are still under our title, the big title, Developing a Winning Response in Times of Crisis. And we are under strategies now. So another strategy is riding the storm. Okay, because many times we are aware of stealing the storm, which is good. We are aware of stopping the storm from coming is good. But sometimes Jesus wants us to ride the storm. And believe you me, there's sweetness about it. When you ride it, you are a victor. Sons are made more threatening by the echoes they generate. 
Any time any sound comes from the camp of the enemy or the source of trouble, there is an internal echo. There's an internal echo. It was an internal echo that the sister that said there was cancer running in the family, she was hearing. There was an internal echo. There's the sound, you know, after being examined. There's the sound after being spoken to by other family members what she has heard. But that sound began to echo, echo, echo. There's also an external echo that people can send back to you. I wish I could read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 5, where people were echoing back onto Elisha. You know your master will be taken away from you. You know, there are external echoes. And so, but Jesus has told us that in spite of the outside echoes we are having, we can generate an internal echo in the positive as well. Because Psalm 62 verse 11 says what? Psalm 62 says that God has spoken once, twice have I heard that power belongs to God. Amen. So, God has spoken once. How many times have you heard you generate your own echo? What are the echoes? I shall live and not die. Generate your own echo. What are your echoes? No evil shall befall me, nor any plague come near my dwelling place. Generate your echo. What are the echoes? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What are the echoes? Check the scriptures. That send this word that heals them and deliver them from their destruction. Generate your own echo. Number two thing that we need to contend with or deal with in every storm is not just the sound, but the sight. Hallelujah. But what? The sight. What you see determines what seizes you or grabs you. What you see determines what seizes you. You see, Peter could handle everything until... <laughs> The Bible says, when he saw the wind, it was boisterous. One thing is sad, another thing is when you see it face to face. And that's why all the things being shown around, and some wise people, they stop seeing some gory pictures so that they don't cause the storm to create a sight in them that will be too difficult to deal with. When he saw, then his faith went down. It's a totally different story, God forbid. You know, and that's why health workers, and I'm touched with a lot of folks that are either here or outside, especially those down south, constantly in touch with them, you know, and I don't want to spread that. So they, they, they and I have to constantly remember to pray for them, sometimes encourage them that it is like battle. Because when you see, it's different. <laughs> it's different from what you will hear. Hearing is one thing. When you see it like this, it's a totally new level. <laughs> it's a totally new level. But even in spite of that, we can still have a way around it. There's a way around it. That's not the end. Because your own response must be Psalm 121 verse 1. I will lift up my eyes to the ears, not unto the problem I'm seeing. Folks, we need to know how to look well. We need to know how to, and know where to look. Train yourself to look away, I beg of you. The enemy we want to magnify. The, they say the more you look at the problem, the bigger it becomes. And absolutely correct it is. If you look long enough at a rat, it may become an elephant before you. Before you know it, that tail of the rat may suddenly turn to be a tusk for you. You will think it's a tusk. You will turn it all around. Everything will just become upside down. 
And the hair of a rat will become suddenly so big, it's going to be like the hair, the hairs of an elephant. How do you deal with the sight that you see looking unto Jesus? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set at the right hand of the throne of God. How do you deal with what you see? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. As we behold, as we fix our eyes on, believe you me, folks, it is doable. You just need to retrain yourself to do it. That's a dream. It's absolutely possible. Set the eyes on Jesus. Above all, remember that what you see physically is inferior to what is to be seen spiritually. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, we do not look at the things which are seen. Are you hearing that? We do not look at the things which are seen, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I was pondering over this yesterday, and I think I had a partial understanding. Partial understanding is everything you are seeing is outdated already. Because in the spirit it has been determined, it has been executed, what we are seeing now is old news. The Spirit has moved on. If the Spirit can show you where exactly we are, you will probably be more comfortable than you are now. Things are moving quickly. Nothing happens in the physical or it has happened in the Spirit. And in the Spirit, the plan is that things have moved beyond where we are. Let us affect the Spirit. There might be a lag in what you are seeing. I've been doing a lot of all this transmission, week in, week out, day in, day out, and I know all this about lack. What you are seeing is about a few seconds behind what I'm saying. Believe you me. So it's, uh, there's always a lag. <laughs> there's always a lag between the physical and the spirit. So when you are worried about now, heaven is saying we've moved beyond that. <laughs> what you are seeing as trouble, we have moved to a new phase of your life. What you think is going to kill you, you know it can't kill you because already I've spoken concerning you that your, every prayer you prayed, God has started putting things in place to make them happen. Hallelujah. And there are people in the scriptures that learned how to do that and they did it very well. Ruth, the troubled woman whose two husbands died, you know, uh, sorry, whose husband died, you know, with um, the other woman that had to, to go back off her she saw beyond the physical and she was eventually made an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We shall have time to explain all that to you. The widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings chapter 17 saw beyond the physical, saw beyond the food she didn't have. She gave her food away. But her needs were met and the Lord mentioned that in Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 4 later on. Knowing that she saw beyond now. See beyond now. See beyond what you are seeing. Because in that you will not be afraid of the storm, you will ride the storm. Number three thing that you need to deal with in closing is strength. You need to deal with the sound, you need to deal with the sight, you need to deal with the strength or the force. Waves are storms, they pack a lot of force. They are real and they have substance to them. We talk of sound of you know, current crisis, we talk of sight of current crisis. Folks, the current plague is real. Economic issues are real. P 
possible job losses, in fact, job losses are taking place, they are real. Strain relationships are very real. So how do we deal with them? You know how to deal with them? Stand on them. Jesus stood on it. And that's what Peter was going for. He said, Lord, why the other time you slept on the wave? Okay, this time you are standing on it. What about you being above it? Stand on it. You must stand on this and walk on it. Suppress it. Put your feet on it. I go back to the same young man, David, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 51. <laughs> 1 Samuel 17, 51. He said, therefore David ran and stood up. That was after he sprung the string and then the, the Goliath fell down to no show. After he has done the issue of the sound, you remember we mentioned it, after he has done the issue of the sight, when he saw the man and decided to foot his eyes because he kept talking about army of God. God, God, because his eyes was on God. He then did the final part, which is to stand. We must learn to stand, 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 stand upon anything that comes against us. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine. That was the storm that he was facing. Stood over the Philistine that was the waves that he was facing. Took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 and 14, in closing, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, stand therefore, we shall stand. The strength to stand the Lord will give you an eye. Because we are children of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the lions don't run. They fight. They stand. And the grace to stand and ride this wave shall be yours in Jesus' name. To take home, start making your sound. Amen? To take home, fix your eyes on Jesus. To take home, learn to stand. What does standing also mean? Standing means to turn up for what you need to turn up for. The sister, the anonymous sister that sent the testimony in was talking about, you know, constantly turning up. Bless Jen, she grabs something. Um, money prayer, she grabs something. Just turn up. That's what it means to stand. Me to stand means just turn up and do your Bible reading every day. Just turn up and do the praise. God has leading us to pray. Just turn up. And you'll be surprised that progress will be made as we do what the Lord has called us to do. Hallelujah. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday, and I'm sure next month you will come with bigger testimonies in Jesus' name. I want us to rise up and just pray right now. Just want us to rise up and pray. And give thanks unto this great God who is more than able and sufficient to give us victory. Brethren, forget about just worrying or worrying. Just, just go for it. Let's, 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 let's speak the word of faith out of our mouth. Because I know he who has called us is faithful. And he has said he will do it. He will give you victory. He will give me victory. We will not be subdued or suppressed, but the Lord will raise us up by his spirit and by his power in the name of Jesus. And from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith, we will move in the name of the Lord. I want you to just lift up your voice and say in the name of Jesus, the voice of my mouth shall be louder than the voice of the storm. By my proclamation and pronouncement, I will subdue the voice of the storm. 
by fixing my eyes on Jesus, the storm will shrink in my sight unto nothingness. And because I've done all this, the strength and confidence to stand will be mine. And I will ride the wave. At the end of all this, I shall live. I shall be strong. I shall sing the song of victors. And God shall be glorified. I'm going to thank God for the new month that we have entered into. You will see favor like never before. You will see favor. To be honest with you, I was quite chuffed yesterday. In the midst of that, when I was still sharing that at home with my wife, I remember, you know, it's not, it's, it was unusual. On the same day, within minutes, God tore the heart of somebody, did some grocery shopping, some fruit, and just placed it at our door. You know, thank God for this grocery, and it was most appreciated and needed. But more than that was the, was the message behind it, that I'm being swamped. I'm being swamped, and this will trickle down. Every one of us, does this particular house, by the special grace and mercy of the Lord, we shall experience favor this month like never before. Favor, 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 like never before. They will seek you out to bless you. They will seek you out to answer what you have been asking for so long. Help us, we come from the east, from the west, from the north and from the south in the name of the Lord Jesus. We will only keep our eyes on the Lord and he will perform it. Whatever area of your life that is not in line with the will of God, ask the Lord to take control now so that nothing will hinder you. We receive favor this season, Lord. And we receive the grace and power to ride upon this wave like never before. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most wonderful name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Usually Thanksgiving Sunday we uh, have a lot. So we'll give extended time for you to dance and to rejoice um, as we do our usual Thanksgiving celebration and giving, bringing the offering to the house of the Lord and our Thanksgiving and our tithe and our vows and whatever the Lord has laid on your heart to do. And I know that as we pray this morning, your gift will make room for you. So the gift of a man will make room for each. We make you for me. And I know God will do something wonderful. Have you been sowing seed? Watch out this month. There will be a great harvest coming in the name of the Lord. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, praise that and shake it together. Shall men give unto your bosom this month? you will have overflow in your spiritual life. Overflow in your emotional life. Overflow in your health. Overflow in your finances in the name of the Lord. Just before I pray over the giving and then they will lead us in singing and after that we will have the Radio 31. Um, I just want us to at this moment you know, in a worshipful manner, you know, raise our hand as a sign unto God.
I know most of the giving will be done electronically, but you can raise your hand as I raise mine. Now, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to bring our sacrifice to your house. Lord, see what we are bringing. Breathe on it, O oh God. Let it be acceptable. There's somebody there whose heart is crying, Lord, I wish I can give more. My daddy said I should tell you, you will give more. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.